<laughs> Hi, friends. <laughs> Boom, just like that, we are live. We're back. Hello, coffee drinkers. Hello. <laughs> that is now your customary sign on, right? What? Hello. Hello. What part of England says it like that? Again? Hello. Well, thankfully, no part of England anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if, I mean, that you're sort of. You sort of pull in what I I always see, like a Conan O'Brien or someone doing an English accent, and they always go for the Dick Van Dyke on Mary Poppins. That's what you always say. But that's what it is, and I hear that when you do, hello. I'm not saying governor after it. That's true. And I'm I'm very proud of you that you know the governor bit. That's not pride. That's just watching Mary Poppins like four million times in my life. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway, we have interesting <laughs> things to talk about this episode, I promise. We do. We totally do. Um, we came out with a book. We did. It's been, <sighs> out, it's been out for four. <laughs> do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? The sigh of relief. Uh-huh. That was a good sigh of relief. Right? I feel like every time we come out with a book, I should get paid maternity leave. <laughs> because I'm so exhausted. <laughs> yeah. In the grand scheme of things, Chelsea does work insanely hard on these things and is I don't know how to describe it really you just you go, go buy the book you'll check you'll see it, everything that you like about the book you can probably attribute to Chelsea oh that's not true I mean there's some content in there and there are a few ideas and some 251 licks but the thing that makes it actually nice to read and nice to look at that's that's all my better half sitting right here on the couch well, um, if we're in compliment land, uh-oh. this is the uh, tenth book that Yannick has published. There you go. And the ninth book that we've done together. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Nine books in two years. Y- yeah, not even a year because we just started doing the books. Wow. The year. That's a, a lot year of ago. Uh, <coughs> and I have to say, I think this one might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and Why? I don't often feel that way, especially right after we put out the book. Usually I want to burn a pile of them. <laughs> um, but this one, I actually really, I personally can't wait to get my hands on one. Oh, like you mean on a physical copy? Yeah. So, okay, so you, first of all, thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> no problem. Um, but it's really interesting to me, like the people who actually want a physical copy of a book, whether it be mm-hmm. this one, any of my books, or just any books in general these days. Sure. Uh, but you're one of those people. I am. I know I am, for sure. Really? I like putting a pencil and yeah. making notes on it. Right. Well, and now with new iPad te- technology, that's right. the same thing is completely accomplishable on your iPad with a apple pencil a hundred percent so yeah for everyone out there who does it on the ipad okay awesome Mm -hmm. i have to say though you got me a shiny new ipad and a pen for my birthday oh yeah which is just amazing and i do use it every single day it's useful i doubt i will ever make a single annotation on a piece of music just because i'm that's me you know what i mean you say that now i said that too okay you find that it's insanely useful. And I am one of those people who said I would never, ever read a book Kindle style. Like I would never read a book on my iPad, which you do every night. Right. But I've stuck by that. I okay. have never, ever right, read just right. a text, straight text book in a reading device. Wow. Because it drives me crazy. Okay. But the music thing, once you get a program like Fourscore, that the the possibilities are just endless. Yeah. I think I just need a hippie to some stuff. I'd like to hear from people about that. 
Yeah. I'd like to hear back from people like what is, uh, you know, what's your preference? Maybe we can have some questions on that. Hmm. That would be pretty awesome on doing gigs. And because I was about to say, I think the reason I don't and I haven't adopted the iPad as the reading device, I just don't do that many gigs. You know what I mean? True. And when I do a gig for a long time, I tend to learn the music ahead of time and then not read anything mm-hmm. pretty much, you know? Right. But even Bob printed a book. Right. For all of us. Like we yeah. have a printed Bob Reynolds quartet book with all the music in it. Mm-hmm. Like a hymn book almost. You know, yeah. it's literally like a song book that he collects at the end of every gig and Rosalind leaves behind at the end of every gig. <laughs> Called out. Yeah. But in the same token yeah i just went on tour with two different bands where i put all of the music in my ipad and if i had to carry a book of 50 songs between those bands all the way through the entire world with me i probably would have dropped it off a plane somewhere right and you also had to learn over 60 songs right really quickly yeah and and then being thrown so i mean i can't imagine like when you were being thrown stuff last minute and changes being made the fact that you didn't rehearse with doug and morgan before you left being able to annotate that stuff quickly and erase and erase yes without having you know giant pencil marks or a pen that you have to cross out right it's just insanely okay helpful. so so definitely huge uh lots of checks in the wing column mm-hmm. for the ipad um but yeah like you said you would never read a book on the ipad i so far haven't you know got bitten by the bug of reading music on the ipad i did do you remember we were out book shopping and I, I you know, one of the books in my series, I mm-hmm. picked it up as a physical book yeah. and I spent like $28 on it or something. I remember. And I read the first chapter and then you wanted to go to sleep. So the lights went out and the greatest thing oh. f- for me with the iPad is that's the reason I use it is that you go to sleep. I put the night, uh, the iPad on night mode. Mm-hmm. So it's black background, white letters. And I turn the thing down. You can go to sleep and not be disturbed and I can keep reading. Right. So for me, that's huge. That is helpful. Yeah really helpful i was a big fan as a kid of climbing out of the covers with a flashlight or a, a, a headlamp you know a the, headlamp, really <laughs> no i had one of those book marks that had a light on it oh okay which was pretty That's i'm cool. such a nerd can we get back to the subject at hand <laughs> why not two five ones yep we just put out a book about two five ones um it looks so clean like it's an iconic chelsea did the cover as well did the cover design as well as all the other fancy stuff inside it. And it look, it, there's no getting around what it is. Like you look at the book, you don't have to ask a question as to what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. This is jazz vocabulary for the electric bass centered around two five ones. Um, and it took a little while to compile the ideas, the, the phrases, the concept. But I think kind of like we went back to like we did with Chordal Harmony, I think with this. I think that's why I like it so much mm-hmm. as well is because of the arc again like as a learning experience right you know what i mean we start off with the absolute fundamentals of just chord tones in two five ones which i still use in my practice routine chelsea can attest to this because she hears me on a daily basis i still use this stuff 25 years later it's the most basic stuff you can possibly use so it's it suits a beginner who doesn't know anything about this but hey i'm not a beginner chelsea's not a beginner we we'll both use this stuff um and then it gets into some more complex stuff. I will say, and I, I talk about it in terms of text, we went a little heavier on the text this time. Only right. as far as necessary, though. Right. Yeah, it's not just it's not a wash with text, but I did want to clarify a few things, and I will reiterate them here in, in terms of none of this stuff really makes sense unless you go and do the equal amount of work alongside the book in terms of listening. 
to this stuff. That's why we put like a massive listening list in there of songs that really, really helped me with this vocabulary. So anything else you want to add about it? Yeah, we need to go through the book and talk about each section. So okay. there's, there's five sections to the book. The first one yeah. uh, starts out with the basic practice routine, right, which cool. is what you were just talking about, the, the chord tones that you use. Yeah, and being able to switch that up. It's amazing how like you can do it in C, Mm-hmm. And you can play root three, five, and seven on D minor, G seven, and C, and then hit the A seven, the sixth chord, and then try and do that even just a half step up, and see how much it throws you off. You know what I mean? See how like if you're really honest with yourself about how good you are in every key on the instrument, like this will really—it's the simplest thing—and it will really give you immediate feedback as to what needs work. Yeah, it's you true. Know? In a, a practical application of this conversation yeah. uh i played a gig four or five days ago where we played a bunch of christmas tunes and a bunch of new standards that i didn't really know i play with the sax player a lot who listens to blossom deary and really wow old, old, school old school stuff which is actually kind of my bag but he goes like way next level to some tunes that were only recorded on radio shows one time and that's it <laughs> um and he loves to play in d flat and i swear we played 70% of the gig in D flat uh-huh. and after it was also a five hour gig let me it paid well it's all it's a D, five hours of D flat better pl- better pay pretty right. good um but after an hour my D flat licks were pretty worn out oh okay so I was on upright in my defense so it's was it alto player or tenor player out of interest alto okay so yeah. he really liked playing in B flat is what we're saying Mm, it's more that a lot of these singers' original keys was default. Oh, they, you were playing original keys? Yeah. Wow, okay. So. Uh, That's interesting. Okay, so you felt that after an hour of D-flat, you were sort of recycling some stuff. Yeah, and it's it's a challenging key on upright because you don't have any open strings to help you out, really. So right. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it really was a workout. Um, but yeah, <coughs> anyway, I look forward to diving into my more difficult keys with this book right good point so yeah so after the practice routine part two goes into chromatic approach tones right just basically adding a chromatic approach from below or above below and above above and below um that's just a half step above or below a chord tone for our right new friends yeah someone said someone sent me an instagram message when we were writing this book and they said uh is this book appropriate for super noobs like me (laughs) so for all my super noobs out there yeah i love you the most and the chromatic approach tone is just a half step don't be afraid by the scientific jargon yeah a lot a lot of these that's why i hate theory so much is because it's just a really complicated sounding way of explaining something that's really simple it's very true um so after our half steps we go into part three which is small cells and i really like this part of the book because because it's practical hands-on immediacy of what this vocabulary um should and will sound like under your fingers it's basically i'm 100 spoon feeding you total almost cliche type 251 vocabulary classic 251 vocabulary from ben webster charlie parker dizzy gillespie the, the, like the bebop kind of kind of guys but i'm putting it in 12 keys 
and I'm like it's it's called small cells for a reason. It's 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 quick. It's it's two chords per bar for the most part, and it really gets you to navigate the entire neck. I think that's why I love using these things because I can use one of those as a warm up, up and down the neck, various tempos, and it really shows you. Oh, okay, this stuff is not complicated. Mm. You know, this stuff puts the core tones and it condenses it a little bit. It gives you a couple of more tensions, maybe a, a nine or, or, or a sharp five or something like that. But it's like, oh, wow, you know you've heard this a thousand times on a record. And this just kind of reaffirms that, I think. It's like a confidence builder thing just to say, hey, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, next comes the hard part where you have to work a little harder for the vocabulary. But these, like the small cell section of the book is like, here are four things that you can do immediately. No matter how, what do we call the super noob? Super noobs. If super noobs or super pros, doesn't matter, as far as I'm concerned. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, part four. Part we've... four. We get a little theory based for a half a second. Um, it's a pretty meaty section, but yeah. it's an important one. <coughs> it goes into the altered scale. Yeah, and it, everyone knows me to be like kind of against thinking about harmony in the moment, but a, I thought a good way of getting people's ears kind of tuned in to what the popular or most common tensions are on a five chord would be to go over the altered scale. Mm-hmm. And it's just way easier than I think people think, actually. And it's yeah, basically it if, is. If, 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 you know, you take a half step up from your five chord and play a melodic minor scale and boom, you've got the altered scale. But what I what I appreciate about this book that flustered and frustrated me when I was going through college and when your improvisation teachers and your sax player friends were trying to give you like bass player tips on soloing (laughs) when they just say oh yeah obviously you just play the melodic minor scale from seven to seven and I was like I would start to do that and it sounded so wrong and dumb right and I didn't know how to make it feel natural so the fact that you are giving very specific ways in which to use this scale that do sound like jazz instantly and then from there once you have those first few building blocks you can start to understand how to move forward on your own but when someone is just throwing a concept at your face and you're like what the f do i possibly do with this right i appreciate that this gives you a real place to start that will feel good and make yeah. you feel good about yourself right and and in these examples i'm keeping it pretty diatonic on the two chord and the one chord mm-hmm. but using that altered on the five and giving you like chelsea said those little starting points of what sounds good and what sounds kind of authentic and what matches what i'm guessing you've heard before you know what i mean what you hear on a john coltrane five lick or something mm-hmm. or, or michael breck or whoever you're listening to that should get you super dialed in um okay my favorite part (laughs) (laughs) part five playing out with purpose yeah uh title by chelsea there that was very apt i just gave her the material and she titled this section um and yeah playing out with purpose i really like so much of my process is experimenting and literally just playing some total bullshit over a certain harmony you know what i mean you hear me do it all the time yeah And sometimes it's super out, sometimes it works, sometimes it's a blend of the two. And this is about superimposing major seven arpeggios over a five chord. So So all that means is... (laughs) So Chelsea's here to break it down. Super news, here we go. Taking any... This sounds so wrong, but I swear this is actually what this section is about. You pick any note 
any, any key note, center any let's just say note okay in your scale mm -hmm. and turn that mode from whatever mode it's supposed to be into just major seven oh, it's, but it's not even it's not even drawing upon a diatonic scale it's any note in the any tonal center in the chromatic scale so if you have g7 literally take any note of, of our 12 available notes let's take the the most out note of all let's take g flat if you've got g7 mm -hmm. think about what g7 sounds like it's got that f natural that b natural c natural and take g flat and play major seven and suddenly you have a natural seven on g7 you have a sharp nine you have a flat five and you do have the nat the, the flat seven of g7 which is the natural seven of the g mm -hmm. flat major mm -hmm. seven scale but it's basically superimposing major seven vocabulary of starting on any point of any 12 notes in the chromatic scale over your five chord. Really what it's about is taking it out and knowing how to resolve it. That's right. the key, you know? And that's what I've done with the, with the four examples here is giving you, okay, we're gonna play A major over G7, but here's an amazing resolution point. You know, I'm always looking for common tones. Where's it gonna resolve? Where's it going? Am I being melodic with this? And like you said, it's not just somebody telling you play a melodic minor scale from the seven to the seven, then not knowing what to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's actually taking the concept and realizing what the important elements of it are and how to be melodic, how to resolve and how to be musical. I think that's, I'm getting all, my hands are going here and I'm Aren't they always? talking with my hands. Oh boy. No, but what I appreciate about this section uh -huh. that uh, whenever Yannick and I make a book, we get into some... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. We get into some <coughs> some uh, discussions That's about so many things, about uh, the correct f way to teach someone something. Yeah, the kind of give a man a fish, give a man a teach a man to fish methodology <laughs> right. that he likes to employ. Um, but this section in particular was very interesting. That it's really not about taking all of the examples and spoon feeding as you like to say right. exactly like you were explaining the g flat major over g7 does give you all of these very specific extensions and right. tensions and how you resolve them but this section is not about picking out every single extension and where it is supposed to theoretically resolve to it's right. really about using your ear to play some crunchy shit yeah. and figuring it out <laughs> which i really like it's it's very rare that a teacher tells you to do that usually they're like get your pet out your pen out and your right. manuscript notebook and let's write down some some tensions and releases is that your like high school band teacher voice my high school band teacher was my dad. Okay. So no. Uh, <laughs> okay, middle school band teacher. No, that was my college improv oh, college. teacher. Okay. Had oh, a wow. very very funny voice. Okay. Jimmy, if you ever hear this, I love you. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but definitely, I'm, I'm absolutely in the grand scheme of things, uh, uh, begging you to play something quote unquote wrong. Yeah. You know, and to definitely. really experiment, and it's uh, that's where you get your voice from. I'm really passionate about that. That's where you find out what you like rather than being told what is good and what is bad or what mm -hmm. is right and what is wrong. Um, that is the breakdown of the book. Uh, yeah. 
To round out our book discussion, tell me uh, some extra things that this book has is this amazing listening list that oh, yeah. Yannick mentioned that he put together. It's 30 songs that gave him vocabulary, and I can't wait to make a Spotify playlist out of it and oh, yeah. share it with the coffee drinkers. Should probably just do that. We will definitely do that. Okay, yeah. Um, if you follow me or Chelsea, well, I guess we can both list it on our channels, right? Oh, you, you can do it. Okay, well, if you follow me, I'm... Yannick Wizdala or Gwizmon, G-W-I-Z-M-O-N. On, it's just Yannick Wizdala. Uh, it's just Yannick Wizdala. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't know. But yeah, Yannick Wizdala on Spotify. I will make a Spotify playlist of that listening list. And yeah, it's 251 vocabulary like, like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what else this book has is all yes. of the exercises, as always, in tab yes. for four-string bass. Yep. And treble clef so if you have guitar player friends or i even had some vocalist friends of mine chiming in to to get their hands on these things so spread the word that this book has it knows no bounds exactly and uh it also has a manuscript paper in it for making your own notes and creating your own licks well kind of there's some exercises that yeah we invite you to get a little creative and And write your own exercise and i guess if you have the pdf that's the magic. You can write in there. You can use it over and over and over again. Apple Pencil. Okay, people. This is an unpaid advertisement. Yeah, for Apple Pencil. I well, freaking love Apple Pencil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's enough enough ads for Apple. Uh, one last ad for the book. You can go to um, store.yannickwizdala.com. Uh, pick up Jazz Vocabulary for Electric Bass 251 right now. It is on sale for our launch. It's normally 40 bucks. It is on sale for almost 50% off. So you can go grab that. And right as now. this will be coming out far before Christmas, yes. you can get it on Amazon within like two days. Yeah. So if, if you're you getting want, this for a friend or for yourself and you want it under the tree, it will actually come. Yeah, we are even talking about getting copies and doing signed copies. How about some feedback on that? Oh, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea mentioned that, and I know people do sign CDs. Uh, if people would buy that, let me know. Give me some feedback. Go to yannickwizdala.com forward slash podcast. Leave us a voice message. Leave us some feedback on that. You can hit both of us up on Instagram, at Chelsea on Base, at Yannick Guzdala. Leave us some feedback on signed copies. We maybe will run off 40 or 50 of those before Christmas. But if you want the book in the physical form, it ships and will be with you within 48 hours worldwide via Amazon. And of course, even better if you buy the digital copy, you get it right away. You get it right away. And you get video with it as well. Oh, yeah. If you buy the digital copy, it comes <coughs> with the video. Yeah. So I spent a bunch of time making some really beautiful videos on the four string, on the new four string of all of the examples. So you can hear them in real time. Do like a slower version and a medium up version. Uh, we have questions. People have been on the speak pipe. Speaking of the speak pipe. <laughs> Yannickwizdala.com forward slash podcast. Leave us your voice messages. You like what? I like the idea that the speak pipe is not a pipe that you speak into, but like one of those, um, like when you're in a circle and someone gets the baton or something and only the person holding the special rock can speak, that is the speak pipe. So right now, Scott Price is going to hold the speak pipe. He is. He is. Scott Price. Uh, Let's see what you have to say, my friend. Hello, Yannick, Chelsea, and coffee drinkers. Scott in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Question for Yannick. You said you are depressed due to the lack of community and connection amongst musicians in Los Angeles. How are you dealing with that? For Chelsea, do you have a similar problem, or is it different with you gigging so much? Thanks. Drugs. Uh, 
No, 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 no. It's a, it's a good question. Um, you want to go first? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, how am I dealing with it? Well, okay. In terms of the depression, it's not a suicidal depression. It's not like crazy life ending, um, you know, like I'm immobile and paralyzed depression. It's, uh, and it varies from, from day to day, week to week, month to month, depends what I'm doing. Um, I deal with it by staying super busy. Like I don't have to be gigging all the time in order to be super busy. I'm here making the podcast, whether it's on my own, whether it's with Chelsea, making the vlog, practicing, writing music, planning new projects. Um, I hope I didn't make it out to be. Like, no, I think you're hanging on to the word depression. He didn't ask about why you're depressed. He asked why you're depressed about musicians in LA. Oh, okay. So I want to change that word maybe from depression to disappointment. Okay. So the disappointment. Um, I think it's very, very simple for me because I lived in New York for so long and I experienced uh, something that I don't even know if, if it still exists in New York. And I, I can't speak to that because I haven't lived there in 10 years. Uh, but what I experienced in New York was a, a massive sense of community. I was also in my 20s at the time, so things have changed drastically there. Um, but I sense, experienced this massive sense of community where I would go out at eight nine o'clock and come home at four five six o'clock in the morning having seen like four shows and been to a jam session and seen 20 of my friends and be so constantly inspired to play and work on music all the time i mean to the point where absolutely i you know sacrificed a ton of real life stuff you know, I absolutely sacrificed most of life to, to dedicate it to music, but that was really intense. And that's something that I don't see in LA purely on a geographical uh, situation. Um, for my age, I think I could absolutely be more proactive, I think. Um, but I don't think the motivation is there and the geographical thing doesn't help. It's like a big thing. And when people are as spread out as they are in LA, it's not a case of 10 or 15 minutes, jump on the subway or hail a cab. It's like, 35 40 minutes an hour it depends you go to the west side you go to pasadena you got to get people from all over into one spot to do something like house sessions to me don't happen among people of my age or my generation as far as i know at least i'm not a part of that thing and that happened all the time we go to aaron goldberg's place uh, with bobby and play sessions and we well, I, I had a place i had a basement studio which would play sessions with DeAnthony and, and all of these people all the time like literally every day there'd be a private session during the day so i think that's disappointment is a, is a good word i think much better word and i think that is what i'm a little disappointed in in la and at the same time i could probably do a lot better job hmm. of of overcoming that um perhaps i'm just not motivated to my current age and situation and you know focus on other things how how about you yeah i think it does have a lot to do with the age thing not that you're old <laughs> it's uh, okay i don't mind being old but i am a bit more of the age where people are still very much proactive in uh still making their careers happen because a lot of people my age haven't reached the pinnacle of their career yet they're still kind of on their way there so there is a lot more m motivation and encouragement to reach out to people to make the hang all the time to go out to jam sessions so they're definitely hustling more yeah there is okay. a big hustle more communication um, and stuff going on definitely okay and i think la for those of you who are deciding to move here or anything like that it does provide a huge range of that 
kind of thing. Okay. Whether you want to be an indie rock person or a touring pop sideband or, you know, a producer or pretty much anything you could possibly want to do. I should definitely qualify it by saying I was really speaking from like that jazz thing and not from all of those other things you just bought. Sure, up. but that's exactly the difference of LA is 100%. that this yes. is what exists here. We, yes. Of course, we have the jazz hang too that happens at bars at jam sessions till two o'clock in the morning. But right. it is, I will agree that the thing that bums me out about it is the same thing. It's the, the geography of this town that it's just very spread out and the traffic sucks and it's, if you don't have a gig, um, you don't want to be right. on the road. <laughs> yeah. You pretty much, it takes everything you have on a night off, especially if you're a, like a lot of my friends working six to seven days a week, sometimes multiple gigs a day. Right. If you happen to have a Monday night off. Drive from Burbank to Culver City which for is a when, jam session. Yeah, you know, like, all the jam sessions are on Monday night. And if you have the balls to drive into the middle of Hollywood for Super Soul Monday, good right. on you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it one one time at least, but... Yeah. yeah, it can be, uh, it's a struggle here. And it also depends what your goal is as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, my goal is absolutely not to go out and meet a ton of people and try and be a permanently touring sideman musician. Right. Which I think it's essential to go out and do those hangs if that's what you want to be. Because Definitely. there's just a hierarchy that you have to work your way through and into in that sense. So, yeah, it's all about, about perspective, I guess. And Yeah. You know. And that it is difficult because you find that it doesn't stop at music in terms of seeing your friends. Right. You know, it's not yeah. like I, well, I don't have time to play music with you, but I'll definitely make time to see you on a social level. <laughs> yeah, forget about that it. doesn't really happen either. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess the way we did not end this question on a completely depressing note, we do make time for the people that make time for us too totally and you kind of find who your friends are by seeing who really makes time for you after you know one of my best friends tours all the time and when she's home she makes sure to let me know and we always hang out and that that's how you kind of get through it here absolutely and I'm, i'm lucky that i live close to a bunch of my close friends yeah and have that like social scene of the tennis club and the gym you know, that really helps. Yeah, so, yeah, having a social scene outside of the music scene is, I would say, borderline impossible, but Yannick somehow... Somehow, I don't... Yeah, I just Landed the ha- jackpot on that. ...happened into it, and my closest friends are all a part of that as well, which right. is great, and it's super healthy. So there are ways around it. Yeah. You know, definitely ways around it. Um, we are going to take one more question this episode. We do have other questions, and thank you for all your questions. Keep Please keep them coming. Because we're going to get to all of them. We are. We're going to get to all of them, but answering a couple of good ones each episode i think is healthy this is chelsea's very wise uh advice here <laughs> and i'm 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 glad she came forward with that so let's see who's next on the speak pipe hey yannick this is ishan from india i've been a big fan of your vlogs and podcasts um so you often recommend to not slow down while transcribing and i was wondering how it is different to transcribe something that is actually slower versus slowing down the fast passages of a transcription what is the di- real difference 
and second part of the question is how do you maintain your focus when working on like a longer transcription and breaking it down and spending the hours like you do thanks to you and chelsea for all the work that you guys have been doing cheers all right great question ishan um all the way from india okay you're gonna let me take this one huh yeah go right ahead okay um I think what it boils down to for me is that it's uh, it doesn't matter what the tempo is it's the real time element <clears throat> of what's happening so <clears throat> yes it is slightly easier to transcribe a Miles Davis solo on you know um <clears throat> wow that was an opportune time to just totally lose my voice um you know, a couple of the Miles solos, like the blues on 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 uh, on Kind of Blue, for instance, definitely easier to transcribe that than maybe Coltrane on Giant Steps right out of the gate. But either way, it's because it's happening in real time. That's always my feeling. It's the reaction of of the band, who the the comping, the the feel. That's so hugely important. The feel mm. and the phrasing. Uh, do you agree? Are you with me on this? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit before. We had a question about one of my solos that someone was trying, trying to transcribe a fast passage. And Chelsea was like, well, here's the key. It's the same bullshit. He plays <laughs> slow. It's just fast. So the chances are, and, and I think it's really important to transcribe a bunch of an artist's material at a slower tempo anyway, because you get like a much better look into their full spectrum of vocabulary like that. You know, you get in a, in a super happening time feel and you get all the details of the phrasing, you know. And then it's, it's important to know what swing is. If we're talking about jazz, for instance, it's important to know how an eighth note feels at one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and how an eighth note swings at that tempo compared to the way you straighten the eighth note, the faster the tempo becomes. You know, the, like, so these are all important things and these are all reasons, you know, for doing it in real time and for not slowing the fast stuff down. Yeah. Because you are not, if you slow the fast stuff down, you are not feeling the phrasing, the time, um, or the articulation and the details at the right tempo. And I think that is catastrophic <laughs> for, <laughs> for, no, really, for getting inside the music. Um, anything to add to that before we go into the other part of this question? No, I have things to add, but I'll, I'll go ahead, do it go at ahead, the go end. Ahead. I'll do it at the end. Okay. So the other part of the question is, how do you maintain focus on a long transcription? I'm just kind of psychotic, I have to say. Like, I have a psychotic amount of focus, but that is always driven by curiosity and uh, just a will to, to succeed. And the curiosity, but the curiosity is the big thing. If I'm curious enough about something, it doesn't matter how long it is or how complex it is, I will spend the time. And if I'm not curious about it, I'll probably get bored and I'll move on to the thing that really, like we've talked about before, the thing that shouts the loudest gets the most attention. Mm. And if a really long solo is just screaming at me to be transcribed, that's what's going to get the attention. So as long as you're working on stuff that you love and that you're curious about, not what I told you or some teacher told you to do that you must do for some cur curriculum or for some, you know, because they said so. As long as you're curious about it, 
then I think you'll always have the focus and, and spend the time. Yeah, I think on that note, on that same idea, uh, it has always helped me to listen to the thing that I want to transcribe over and over and over before yes. I actually try to transcribe it, especially on longer passages. So I get all the way to the end. And I like what you said about the curiosity because that is what keeps me going. Because if I know the whole solo, if I can sing it, if I know it in my head right. and I know that there's some lick like way at the end that I super want to get to, right. it'll push me to freaking get through the rest of the crap because I know that there's something really hip that I'm going to find once I get to this spot. But if you're just trying to sludge through some solo that you're kind of hearing as you go, it can be. Yeah. Piece by piece. Get in that's such a great point is the big picture. Mm -hmm. You can be an awful, you can be an amazing singer like Chelsea, or you can be an atrocious singer like me. Sing along to the record. Yeah. Just, just for the rhythm. Mm -hmm. You're going to thank yourself a thousand times over when it gets to passages that you're not just going over and over and over again, you know, because you, you didn't listen to it over and over again. So get the sing along to it, get the rhythm down, get it inside you, you know, get it as though you were just speaking a sentence to someone, you know, you don't have to have your instrument with you. You can have the headphones in at the gym, in the grocery store, play this stuff in the car, total immersion in the solo before you even put pen to paper or pick up your instrument. I think that's a really great point. Yeah, um, kind of brings back what I was going to say earlier. If you tell me, are you done? With no, not at all. Go answer. Ahead. No, I mean, did you say everything you wanted to yeah, say yeah, to yeah, yeah. Sean? Um, so earlier today, I have a, a a listening assignment for you, coffee drinkers. Oh. If you haven't heard it, um, I came to the movie when Harry met Sally, very very late in life for a woman is that sexist uh i feel High like school <laughs> i feel like women are are supposed to be born having seen when harry met sally um but i didn't see it until maybe last year and i i literally was sobbing throughout the entire movie because of the freaking soundtrack i've been listening to harry connick jr since i was a tiny child um, and it was this weird thing that, I mean, of all the standards in the world that there are, maybe the first 20 songs that I ever learned the lyrics to that were the first 20 songs in my vocal book are the 20 songs in When Harry Met Sally. Wow. It is just the weirdest thing. And uh, back to what we were talking about yeah. with Harry Connick, um, as a singer and an amazing pianist. I feel like that is just what he nails. The way that he can improvise as a soloist on the piano right. is so honest and the space right. is just ma magical. Right. It's like nothing else. The amount of space he leaves in his solos, um, it really makes you feel like you're comfortable and um, interested and excited and it gives your ear enough room to breathe between his freezing but um yeah we had that on in the car today yeah it was amazing to listen to and like i hadn't listened to harry connick in a really long time and at moments you think you're listening to monk the phrasing is so insanely good yeah it's and, nuts and the space thing and the range he uses like using the low mids of the piano oh yeah like and you're like, wow, that should really clash with the bass, but it doesn't. But it's and not. No, it's so 
so happy. And his time feel. I mean, just all the like for one person to possess all of these good qualities you know, I was of thinking, a jazz musician is just not fair. I was like, why is Michael Bublé so much bigger than Harry Cotter? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Besides that, he does all of his own arranging for a big Who, band. Harry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, that, that kind of got, Harry kind of got lost a little bit, even though he's like been in major Hollywood movies. Like he took a bit of a different, you know, he's had his own TV show. Well, yeah, he has he his had own a TV talk show, show now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he has a talk show now. But yeah. Anyway, so that's a good, that's an amazing listening. Yeah, go listen Home to the world. soundtrack to When Harry Met Sally. I yeah. promise you it will not disappoint. The uh his rendition of Stompin' at Savoy is Yes. Instrumental rendition. Oh so my good. god, it's so hip. Yeah. Um Okay, Coffee Drinkers, thank you for sticking with us. Um Yanagwizdala dot com forward slash podcast. Click the appropriate button, leave us a voice message, leave us a question for the podcast. We have more to come. We will answer them. We have, we have a nice little playlist a lineup of questions coming we'll answer them in uh upcoming episodes chris cheney coming up as a guest Woo-hoo. very soon pre-christmas we're trying to figure that one out next few days i hope um follow chelsea at chelsea on base on instagram mm-hmm. i'm at yannick Wisdala. anything else to add yeah what? i promised some coffee drinkers on instagram that i was gonna Shout talk about some oh. no we're, we have a topic coming up okay that is important. Oh, that's right. Me. Yes, yes. So 100%. that's coming up too. Yeah. Uh, You're going to stay cryptic about it? No, no. I hate to say the word girls in music because <laughs> that just makes me want to puke. But that's kind of what it's about. But way more interesting, I swear. Yeah. Boys, don't turn off your friggin' podcast. Exactly. It's important. It's important. Yeah, so that's that's all coming up. Um, we'll see you guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, coffee drinkers on yep. the next episode. See you, friends.